I grew up next to a creek and uh, in North Carolina that comes with its challenges, including mosquitoes and random animals you find down in creeks, but also copperhead snakes. That's a very real thing. I've also seen, I don't know many snake types just by looking at them. Certainly know what copperheads look like, given that I grew up here in this state. I feel like everyone does. Uh, saw some other snakes down in that creek. I have no idea what they are. I don't know if they were house pets or exotic animals that somehow made it their way to central North Carolina. But um, to talk more about a very interesting situation regarding snakes in the state, Talina Chavis, she's a wildlife control agent with NC Snake Catcher. Talina, thanks for being on the show. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So what's the deal with copperheads right now in North Carolina? Uh, the deal with copperheads is they're very populous. They, while they are our least venomous snake, as far as have the weakest venom, they are the snake that you are most likely to see, in particular in the Wake County and surrounding area, right here in the good old Piedmont. Uh, there's a good reason for it. We essentially got rid of the snakes that eat them. <laughs> we took away a, a, a top-level predator. So here in the middle of the state, we have a lot of copperheads. What's that snake that we got rid of? Why did we do this to ourselves? Well, unfortunately, it was due to ignorance. The eastern chain king snake, uh, king because they're top of the food chain, uh, they have markings. They're, they're a large snake. They're in the similar family to, to rat snakes and corn snakes. But people saw a very long snake with markings. A lot of folks still think markings denote venom, being venomous. I tell folks if every snake with markings is venomous, that'd be pretty much every snake. But... They're called chain kings because they have bands, white bands, of, of white to cream bands. And so a lot of folks just saw a big snake with markings and off with their head. So we don't have them here anymore. And they they actually have, they're called kings because they're top of the food chain, actually cannibalize other snakes. You put two king snakes together, you might end up with one. Wow. And they have a preference, actually, for copperheads. They, I, they had a study once, they gave them, the smells of bull snakes versus the smells of copperheads, and they went for the copperheads. And pretty much at this point, they're the Willy Wonka golden ticket if you find one in your yard. Is Are there efforts being made to increase their population? Would that would that help us uh, not have so many copperheads to deal with? Uh, there are not efforts. I get asked that regularly, like, Lena, why aren't you, you know, breeding them and releasing them? Honestly, I don't think that's a good idea. Um Historically, when we as humans breed something, even if it was initially or used to be an element in this ecosystem, when we introduce a new element, even if it was there before, typically that doesn't go well. Uh, What I have found, though, I've been sort of curious if there was another snake that was going to kind of fill that apex role. And actually, there has been. Uh, Mother Nature kind of tends towards balance. The black racer snake, not the rat snake, his less friendly cousin, uh, has that their population has surged. And th- to give you an example, when I started this about seven years ago, I would maybe have two or three racer cases, uh, you know, racer removal through the whole season. Now they are my number three snake. So number one's copperhead, number two rat snake are a very common one. And places that used to be hot spots for copperhead activity, I don't get calls anymore for copperheads. I get calls for black racers because Literally, they eat copperheads. Her name's Talina Chavis. She's a wildlife control agent at NC Snake Catcher. Tell me about yourself and what you do. You're a, you're a snake catcher. 
Yes, I am. Uh, a lot of people ask me how I got into that. My, I'll keep the origin story brief. Let's just say most entrepreneurs find themselves in the situation and they realize there's a need for it. I had to deal with two cop heads when my husband and I lived in Durham. And I called two different places to get help. And one guy said he wasn't going to come out unless my eyes were on the snake because it wasn't going to come back. Well, it came back and brought a friend. And this was a copperhead with a buddy. And the second guy said he could come out in three days. Three da- um, so I was like, three days? Are you kidding me? So I actually caught both of those. But I realized there was a need for it. Uh, you can call animal control. You can call law, law enforcement. They typically can only respond, A, they're kind of busy, and B, if it's in a living area of your house. Uh, so there's a need for it, is what I found. And so our average response time is 30 minutes. That's much better than a few days. <laughs> yes. People are often shocked. They'll call, and I'll say, yeah, what's your address? And they'll say, are you coming today? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right now. We offer actually 24-7 removal services, and in addition, we do yard and crawl space inspections because pretty much once we catch the snake, people are like, well, how can I keep them you know, from coming back? And, and I tell them there's no magical deterrent. Please don't waste your money. I might as well sell you water and tell you to put it in your yard. Um, I joke with folks, if there was something that worked, I'd just sell it and retire. But the reality is there's no magical deterrent what you do is eliminate the attraction. And the snakes just come for the food and stay for the food. So we help folks sort of look at their ecosystem. Are there some changes they can make in their yard, some environmental things, to basically make it less attractive for the snakes to come in. When you remove a snake, what do you do with it? Everybody asks that. Uh, Legally, uh, I always tell folks we do it humanely and legally. Um, By law, to relocate a snake, you have to have permission where you release it. Um, I tell folks, when you tell me, hey, I put it in my car and I drove it down the road and I put it in the woods, that's actually illegal because someone owns those woods. So we have designated areas. In particular, we do we relocate every snake, including the copperheads. We have literally sanctuary land surrounded by non-buildable swamp land where we can place the copperheads. And to be quite honest, when it comes to some of our other snakes, for instance, the black rat snakes and black racers, we actually have people... Um, well, residential and also right now we're working with a farm who wants to use them as natural pest control. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I I just picture, because I, I remember I've seen plenty of signs that say caution bear sanctuary. Are there signs that say <laughs> caution uh, snake sanctuary? Well, that's the thing is the snake, you know, if it's in the, if you're in the woods or in the swamp, I kind of feel like you should expect to see snakes. So I'm not sure a warning, you know, is totally necessary, but, um, uh, but the reality is, you know, in marshland, it's it's private land. Um, we can, again, by request, place anything on private land um, at an owner's request and permission, I should say. Her name's Talina Chavis. She's a wildlife control agent with NC Snake Catcher, a very unique, very interesting job. Sounds a lot like something you'd see on the show Dirty Jobs or something like that. Something we need that you don't necessarily think of. Talina, thanks for what you do and thanks for being on the show. Oh, no problem. Take care. Thanks for having me.